Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Is Ireland lost? That's a question. They've made it a crime to say public mass there, apparently. Could you imagine? Kind of reminds me of 16th century England. And many other parts like, say, Saudi Arabia today. We're going to have a member of the TFP in Ireland on our program today to talk about what is going on in Ireland. You know, St. Patrick. Good grief. Pray for Ireland. We're going to talk about the lockdowns, the protest, and making public mass a crime there. Punishable. Uh, Also, did you know for the first time in our history as a country in America, half of Americans do not belong to a Christian church? It's 47%. What does that tell you? Also, there's another crazy story out of California. Apparently, the California school board has approved a brand new curriculum that basically teaches that white Christian settlers committed theocide against indigenous tribes when they arrived in the New World by murdering Native American gods and replacing them with the Christian God. And as a result, now these, Christ- these, these students in California schools will have to learn all about the Aztec gods singing their chants and, and whatnot. We live in crazy times. Crazy times. And we have a lot to cover. Bree Dale will be on our What's Concerning Us segment. Uh, there's a new letter out from Cardinal Zen. There's a story breaking from Cardinal Schoenborn. There's, uh, there's the Cardinal Sarah letter. I mean, so there's a lot of Vatican news to cover today. We're going to be talking with Bree Dale, our, our friend and journalist from Rome, on those stories, as well as Mr. Murphy from the Tradition Family and Property about Ireland and what is going on. So many opportunities to pray, to fast, to do penance. And let's not forget the hashtag seven sorrows challenge this week. Let's all pray for the conversion of the world. But the team is here. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. So much to talk about today. Well, today's your last day on the show for the week. For the week, yes. Um, I am flying home to Chicago today. I'm so excited to see my family. I haven't seen them in quite a while, so I'm very excited. Well, praise be to God. It's going to be awesome for you to spend uh, your Easter weekend with your family. I'm excited for you. Praise Thank God. Thank you. And uh, speaking of being excited, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. I am super excited. The the most excited, one might say. Why do you look like you're drooling and falling asleep at the <laughs> microphone over there? Good, the Holy Week uh, masses, evening masses are... Uh, are a burden, but you know, a good one, <laughs> a good, good burden. burden. Uh, but you know what? I have some happy news. Praise be to God. We have this, our great listener, Lisa. She wanted to know if the CDT team uh, could wish a happy birthday what? to, yes, yes. We, she wanted to know if we could wish happy birthday to their niece and nephew, uh, Kaya, who is turning eight years old on Thursday or on Holy Saturday. And, Alex is turning 15 wow. on Easter Sunday. So happy birthday happy to Kaya birthday. and Alex. Happy birthday. Praise be to God. Happy birthday to you. Uh, normally my custom is to sing happy birthday as awkwardly as possible, uh, but I will save you the embarrassment and I'll just inflict that upon Adrian uh, at the appropriate time. But happy birthday to all of you. Praise be to God. We'll be praying for you especially today and your intentions. But all of our listeners, if you're on the listening to us on a radio uh, from the Station of the Cross, good morning. Good morning. 
Good morning to you, uh, Massachusetts, New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio. It's so good to be on with you this morning. And, of course, the Guadalupe Radio Network in Virginia and Maryland and D.C., Alabama, Florida and Texas and New Mexico and Kansas. It's so good to be on with you this morning and all of our friends and family uh, that are listening to us on uh, social media, too. Good morning. Let us all pray and ask our, Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray for all of us in these very difficult days. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. Nike is suing the art collective behind the Lil Nas X Satan shoes that have sparked a social media backlash. In a lawsuit filed on Monday, Nike accuses MSCHF product studio of trademark infringement over the, the designer's 666 pairs of modified Nike sneakers made in collaboration with the Old Town Road singer. All 666 pairs sold out on Monday. MSCHF has not responded to repeated requests for comment about the lawsuit. In its complaint, Nike asked the court to order M- MSCHF to permanently stop fulfilling orders for the unauthorized Lil Nas X Satan shoes. The lawsuit notes that social media users have threatened to boycott Nike over the controversial shoes. Nike has issued statements to multiple media outlets, including CNN, clarifying it does not have a relationship with Lil Nas or MSCHF, and that Nike did not design or release these shoes and they do not endorse them. The modified black and red Nike Air Max 97 sneakers, adorned with a bronze pentagram charm and a drop of human blood in the midsole, have sold out as of Monday. Student nurses in Ireland have been told they will be prevented from carrying out their clinical placements if they refuse the COVID-19 injections, as Ireland begins measures to limit society to those who have received the experimental vaccines. The announcement came in the form of an email from Dr. Colm Henry, the chief clinical officer of Ireland's health service executive. On March 26, the email stated, Students that are eligible for vaccination that have been offered vaccination and have declined the vaccination should not be assigned to clinical placements in HSE facilities. This may be reviewed as the epidemiological situation evolves. Three such students who were subsequently not allowed to begin their placements following the decision, with one revealing that she would sooner leave the country than submit to this directive. In an interview this week, Cardinal Raymond Burke said that pro-abortion Catholics in public life who obstinately and publicly deny truths of the faith and act against them must not only be denied Holy Communion, but could also potentially be excommunicated. Cardinal Burke, one of the world's foremost canon lawyers who was formerly the prefect of the church's highest court, said, quote, The Holy Eucharist is the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to receive the body of Christ knowingly and willingly in the state of sin is a sacrilege. It's one of the worst sins. Cardinal Burke joins Archbishop Joseph Nauman, head of the U.S. Bishop's pro-life office, in calling out President Joe Biden for calling himself Catholic while publicly promoting abortion. Archbishop Nauman has stated that the U.S. bishops need to correct Biden for acting contrary to the Catholic faith. 
I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Christopher Robinson, pray for us. He was born in 1568 in Woodside, England. He studied in Douai and Reims, and, uh, and that was in France, of course, and he was ordained on the 24th of February, 1592, to the Catholic priesthood, but he returned to England in the opportunity to try to evangelize his home country, to bring them back into the Catholic faith. In uh, September 1592, he covertly ministered to the oppressed Catholics in the area of Cumberland and Westmoreland. He witnessed the martyrdom of St. John Bost personally. He even published an account of it. But he was arrested on the 4th of March, 1597, for the crime of being a priest, a Catholic priest. He was martyred for his crime. The hanging rope broke twice. They tried to, usually they would hang, draw, and quarter them, but they tried to hang him. Twice the rope broke. So on the third time, they doubled the rope up, and they were successful at that point. He died on the 19th of August, 1598. He was beatified on the 22nd of November, 1987, by Pope St. John Paul II, Blessed Christopher Robinson, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 through 25. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says my appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. And he answered, You have said so. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we, we've all probably heard it a billion times. 30 pieces of silver is the price of a slave, Exodus 21, 32. But I would also suggest that maybe you spend some time reading Zechariah chapter 11 today. Just chew on Zechariah chapter 11. Essentially what's going on in that chapter is the rupture of the covenant between the, the tribes of Israel and God himself at the price of 30 pieces of silver. It's a rejection, and I think it would be great insight and, and prayer, prayerful meditation upon uh, reflecting upon this gospel today. But one of the points that stands out to me personally when reading uh, Matthew chapter 26, this particular passage, verses 14 through 25, is the, is the woe statement. Like, every time you hear a woe, you should go, woe, oh, back up, hold on. I mean, today, more and more and more, we hear 
you know, little things being bounced around the church, different prelates or priests or lay folk or what have you, they kind of give you this notion, this idea that maybe there's nobody in hell. Maybe nobody ever is condemned. Maybe in the end, everybody goes to heaven. I'll never forget reading a book in the, uh, in the mid-90s of a person who had a near-death experience who died and went to heaven and came back and wrote a book, and it was like going like wildfire everywhere. It passed around my entire family, and it was such a page-turner, I remember it. And essentially, the, the, the takeaway from this book was no one was in hell. Even Adolf Hitler was in heaven according to this person's testimony in their book. And when asked, well, how could that be? And they simply said, well, you know, they regret their choices, but, you know, it's all about learning. We seem to get that message over and over again. But here is Jesus' own words. As he, before it even happened, Jesus already knows what's about to go down. He is no dummy. He is the second person of the Trinity. Woe! But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Let that sink in. You know, I was listening to Michael Knowles yesterday reflect upon little Nas X and his shenanigans and his insanity for doing what he's been doing. And Michael Knowles made the point right out of the gate. Hell is real. People go there. The devil is real. And in hell, the devils torment the damned souls. Woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Let that sink into our hearts today as we prepare ourselves to go to uh, um, Good Friday, to go to the foot of the cross, and to journey with our Lord through his passion, death, and his resurrection. Let us make the decisions right now that we will serve the Lord, that we will be faithful to him, that we will even go to the cross, because that is where he says the beloved disciple goes. And if we want to be the beloved disciple of the Lord, which you are, then we must go to Calvary, even though it's scary, even though it's crazy, even though it's, uh, it has all of its anxieties and fears wrapped up. Let us have the courage today to follow Christ all the way to Calvary. Let us not trade our Lord and our Savior for 30 pieces of silver or whatever this world might want to offer us. Let us instead resolve ourselves to be like Christopher Robinson, to die for the faith, to be a martyr for the cause, for the salvation of souls, and for the glory of God. Amen? Don't forget the hashtag Seven Sorrows Challenge. Are you praying with us the rosary of the seven sorrows of Our Lady? Pray it today if you haven't. Let's get started. We'll be right back after this break. Bree Dale is going to be on with us from Rome. Talking about the Vatican. All that's coming up next. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes. We Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. 
Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. Is Ireland lost? We're going to have that conversation with Mr. Murphy from the uh, TFP in Ireland. You know, they they made it a crime to say public mass there, like actually punishable. So we're going to get the we're going to get the straight skinny on that story plus uh, so much more. But I've been told there's there is some good news out of Ireland. So hopefully we'll be jumping into that with Mr. Murphy in about 18 minutes or so, 20 minutes from now. So hopefully you'll join us. But joining us right now, all the way from Rome, is our friend of the show, Bree Dale, journalist with Epic Times and EW10 and so many others, and the host of Intersections with Bree and Joey Mondays, 8 a.m. Central, 9 Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Good morning to you, Bree. Bree, 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 Bree. Ah, uh, we just lost her. All right, she'll be right back. But let me just tell you, let me just tell you some of the stories that we were going to cover with Bree. And when she jumps back on, we'll have her comment. So there is uh, a story out right now, uh, according to Catholic News Agency. Bree, let me know if you when you can hear me. Uh, it says Cardinal Seurat asks Pope Francis to reinstate individual masses at St. Peter's Basilica. There's that story. Then Cardinal Zen expresses pain and indignation at St. Peter's Basilica private mass restrictions. That's another story that Bree has a personal connection to. And then I also wanted to bring up this story. Cardinal Schomborn, Vatican's uh, no to same-sex blessings marked by communication error, which is very strange. So uh, those are the three stories that I wanted to bring up. Bree, are you there? We're not hearing you, Bree. Uh, Bree, do me a favor and unmute your Zoom chat. Maybe that'll help uh, bring us some audio from you there. But uh, let me just look at this Cardinal Zen story first. I'll read a little bit to you. It says, Cardinal Joseph Hello. Zen. Hey, Bree, how you doing? Bree? Sorry about that. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to have you on. Let's jump into the Cardinal Zen story. Tell us about what is, uh, he wrote a letter. I think you had your hand in helping to get this letter out. Tell us what is the background, what is the letter about, what, what, what is he saying to the Vatican? So, um, Cardinal Seurat went ahead and, oh gosh, sorry, there's like a huge echo. <laughs> And I know this is like what happens on radio, so um, I will try to uh, do this. All right. The Cardinal Seurat wrote the letter um, asking. Bree, just hold that thought. We'll let you and Adrian try to work some stuff out here. But I'll start with the Cardinal Seurat letter then. Uh, it says, uh, this is the article in Catholic News Agency, which we will link to. It says, Cardinal Robert Seurat has asked Pope Francis to reinstate the celebration of private masses at the side altars in St. Peter's Basilica after individual masses were suspended earlier this month in favor of con celebration. He says, quote, I humbly beg the Holy Father to order the withdrawal of the recent norms issued by the Secretariat of State, Cardinal Seurat wrote 
in an essay published Monday on the blog of Vatican journalist uh, Sandro Magister. He says, the Cardinal said, the new norms are as lacking in justice as in love, do not correspond to the truth or the law, do not facilitate, but rather in endanger the decorum of the celebration, devout participation in the Mass, and the freedom of the children of God. It's uh, That's a pretty profound statement. Um, did you get your audio worked out there, Bree? Not yet. Okay. Well, let me move on to then to this related story from Cardinal Zen. It says, Cardinal Zen expresses pain and indignation at St. Peter's Basilica private mass restrictions. It says, Cardinal Joseph uh, Zen on Tuesday expressed pain and indignation at restrictions on private masses in St. Peter's Basilica. The former bishop of Hong Kong said March 30th that if he could, he would fly to Rome and kneel outside the Pope's residence until the decree was withdrawn. I can't begin to tell you how much I love that statement. I have been saying now for since the summer of shame, 2018, when the McCarrick story broke, that the one thing I wished uh, our prelates would do uh, rather than write books, was to go to St. Peter's Basilica in the square, sackcloth and ashes, and pray on their knees until we see real real reform, real action. And here it is, Cardinal Zen is saying the very sentiment that I've been begging the church for. It says, uh, he wrote, quote, Pain and indignation invade my heart to hear certain incredible news. They have forbidden private masses in St. Peter's. He says, quote, if it were not for the restrictions imposed by the coronavirus, I would take the first flight to come to Rome and get on my knees in front of the door of the Santa Marta until the Holy Father has this edict withdrawn. Zen made his remarks on his website in an open letter to Cardinal Robert Seurat after the former prefect of the Vatican's Congregation for Divine Worship asked Pope Francis on Monday to reinstate the celebration of private masses at the side altars in St. Peter's Basilica. Zen is the fifth cardinal to voice opposition to the change, which went into effect on the March, on March 22nd. Uh, so, so far, it's Cardinal Seurat, Raymond Burke, uh, Gerhard Mueller, and Walter Brandmuller uh, now on the list. It's, uh, it's very interesting. And unfortunately, Bree's technical problems have, uh, have not made it possible for us to have her on. But I think this is an important story. And Emily, maybe you can chime in here. It's, it's, I think to a lot of people, they'll, they'll, they'll think, well, what's the big deal? But this is kind of a big deal. There are no private masses, no Ordo or traditional, in the main sanctuary, St. Peter's Basilica. Every Ordo priest must concelebrate. And then, even then, what if they speak a language that's other than the ones being offered? Like, it's, it's, it's incredible. Right, and I've been thinking we should actually have like a, a liturgist or some sort of theologian on to talk about the difference between celebrating individual masses and concelebration. Like, is there actually a difference in the graces there that are received? So this is, I don't think this has ever happened before, like in the history of the church to have masses restricted for and I'm still really confused about the reasons for doing this. Um, I think it's just it was just really divisive. Um, it's causing an even greater rift among the hierarchy in the Vatican that was already sort of divided over the, the, the statement on the same-sex unions and now 
Well, I th- actually, I think that happened afterwards. But um, we're seeing a real polarization here, not only among the lady, but among the hierarchy as well. So that's just really concerning. Did you see Cardinal Schoenborn? You mentioned the blessing of same-sex unions. Now, he's come out. He's come up with a kind of a very confusing statement. He basically thinks that the Vatican's uh, statement that says we can't bless same-sex unions is a miscommunication. Uh, no, your eminence, it is not. It's called church teaching. Uh, we cannot bless an unnatural relationship. It just would not be appropriate to do so. And the Vatican rightly recognized that. Praise be to God. So this article, again, Catholic News Agency says Cardinal Christoph Schomborn said Sunday that the Vatican's rejection of blessings for same-sex couples was marked by a clear communication error. I'm not, I don't, I don't get it. It's, how is it clear? Uh, it's not clear at all. In fact, if you're going to say clarity, I would say their statement was clear, but it wasn't an error. This is renewing his earlier criticism of the intervention of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. The Archbishop of Vienna told the Austrian Broadcasting Corporation on March 28th that he was concerned by both the timing and the form of the ruling. He says, quote, I wasn't happy, neither about the timing nor about the way in which communications was being made, he said, on the discussion of the program. Um, the journal say goes on to say he also expressed regret that the same-sex couples felt hurt by the ruling. Well, uh, Your Eminence, it's not about feeling hurt. It's not about my feelings at all. There's a lot of things I wish I could do, but they're bad for me. They're evil. They're they're sinful or whatever. So therefore, I can't do them. And my feelings have no no bearing one way or the other. And uh, the the most charitable thing we can do for for people is to lead them to Christ, to lead them to truth. And the best thing for people to will the good of the other person, the absolute good, that is love itself. Love is not about an emotion. And uh, it seems strange to me that a cardinal prince of the church uh, would take a position contrary to the teaching of the church. Bree, are you back? I am back. Can you hear me? Praise be to yes, God. Yes, you sound great. Now, Hello? we have five minutes on the clock, Bree. Uh, what is your, uh, look, give, right. me, give me your take on the cardinal Sarah and the Zen stories. So Cardinal Zen um, was really uh, touched and moved by Cardinal Seurat's really detailed, um, you know, plea to Pope Francis to lift this like real unnecessary mar, as I said on Monday, to his legacy, which is to close down a church for the people, you know, and to the side altars to his priests. And so... Um, Cardinal Seurat went to him and and begged him uh, through this 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 letter this open letter uh, to to lift this up and and because Cardinal Zen heard of uh, heard about this I actually reached out to him on Monday and you see me on our radio show and I just posted it again you see me on radio like literally talking to his uh, his secretary arranging this because uh, Cardinal Zen every day goes to the prisons in Hong Kong now to minister to the people there so this is a big story for him to even come out and not focus solely on his mission now which he believes is to be the the voice of the people be the voice of the church so for him to come out and actually say this in such strong words and and actually pointing to the individuals who who push this out with really without through the through the communications office without the the regular means or norms without even really a signature from the secretary of state who's not even over 
uh, you know, St. Peter's, which is one of the, the issues here, you know, what's so strong about Cardinal Sorrell coming out because he would have been one of the individuals to discuss this, right? But now this is starting because he was in charge of the liturgy before he, he, uh, retired. So now what we see is, uh, confusion and his, his dicastery, by the way, the one he just left is being, it's under investigation. Wow. You know, it's a soft investigation. It's a visitation, but it's under investigation, right? So, and, and we have to be very careful about that because even good, like loving, saintly people can be taken advantage of by bad actors. And mm. so if there is someone who's connected to Cardinal Seurat, and they have done bad things. It doesn't mean Cardinal Seurat is necessarily in the in the know about it, but it has to be investigated. So we can't just go to the to the far extreme and say this is just Pope Francis getting back at him. We don't know, uh, but it, 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 we are seeing this at the same time as this ridiculous ruling. But I I worked with Cardinal Zen and his secretary to produce this uh, this uh, this statement. Um, and really from the heart, I translated it and I put it out at 4 a.m. in the morning. Wow. And Joe, you're going to laugh. <laughs> I, I put it out at like, it, I said the 29th, I, no, the 30th of March, 2020, because I hadn't had any coffee and Ouch. I was trying to get this out. So like, this has been out a whole <laughs> you can see like, yeah. like all the world. Yeah. <laughs> all the world now sees my horrible typo, uh, but, um, well, welcome it, to my world. you know, he, he took it and, yeah, right. <laughs> now, Welcome to humility, the, right? So the, the line um, in that letter, though, about uh, being on his knees and praying—that's the sentiment I wish all bishops of the church who have had issues with the shenanigans going on would would uh, express. Get on your knees and pray at St. Peter's Basilica. I think that would be profound. Yeah, and I think it's it's actually the answer. It's the answer, because there's so many people who are activists, right? Even the journalists that we see here are going off of rumors and bias and all of that kind of thing without really any cooperation. That's not our job, right? As journalists, we're supposed to be serving the truth. As laymen, we're not the ones who are responsible to, you know, we can speak the truth with charity, but we're not the ones responsible to save the church. Who saves yeah. the church? Yeah. Our Amen. Lord. We're yeah. not the saviors, right? He never told us that that was going to happen, that we, just through activism, would save the church. And right. Our Lady hasn't either. What she said was was penance and pray the rosary, right? Yes, penance, so. penance, penance. All right, well, well we're out of time, Bree. Hopefully we'll get uh, you back on very soon without tech problems and have you comment more. But check out Intersections with Bree and Joey, Mondays, 8 a.m. Central, 9 Eastern, across the GRN. God love you, Bree. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back with breaking news and stories and what's going on in Ireland. All that coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Wednesday, March 31st, and these are your headlines for today. A federal appeals court has allowed a philosophy professor to sue a public university in Ohio after he faced a disciplinary action for declining to use female pronouns for a male student who identified as a transgender woman. Dr. Nicholas Merriweather has served as a philosophy professor at Shawnee State University for 25 years. When a male student who identifies as transgender asked to be referred to as a woman, the university officials sided with the student and cited a school non-discrimination policy. However, the court ruled that Meriwether's legal challenge on the grounds of academic freedom, free speech, and free exercise of religion deserves to be heard. The Sixth Circuit ruling reverses a decision by a federal district court to dismiss the professor's claims that his free speech and free exercise claims were violated. Indonesian police said on Monday that the perpetrators of the Palm Sunday suicide bombing attack on a cathedral in Makassar were a married couple that belonged to an extremist group allied with the Islamic State. The bombers were the only fatalities in the attack, which injured about 20 people. The attack was carried out on Sunday by the two bombers who tried to enter the church grounds on a motorcycle as Palm Sunday Mass was concluding at a 10.30 a.m. local time. After security guards tackled the male terrorist, the pressure, the pressure cooker bomb they carried was detonated, killing both terrorists and injuring about 20 people, including the security guards. Officials say that 15 victims are still hospitalized uh, today. National Police Chief Listio Sijit Prabowo said the bombers are thought to be members of Jamaa Asharut Daula an ISIS-inspired extremist group founded in 2015 that has a history of attacking churches and police stations in Indonesia and the Philippines. Following its bankruptcy filing last year, the Diocese of Buffalo, New York, has cut spending on some of its Catholic schools. The cuts are part of a broader cost-saving measures, which include nearly $10 million in reductions in operations expenses, such as pastoral cost, ministerial support, and religious development. The Buffalo News reported that the diocese spent $3.8 million on bankruptcy-related expenses in its first year of bankruptcy. This amount nearly rivals its budget for the diocese's 34 Catholic elementary schools. Catholic school enrollment in the Diocese of Buffalo has risen as Catholic schools have continued full in-person learning, while most local public schools are in-person only two days a week. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. You know, I, we got some exciting news yesterday, Adrian uh, shared with me, uh, that we had our first two reviews on of our podcast on iTunes. Did you say two? How many did we get, Adrian? 
we got uh, three reviews, three, th- three five star ratings, and two reviews. So wow. that was awesome. Hey, now, Thank so you. if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, ubiquitously available, but we can also uh, send you over to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can find links, uh, a lot of details there about our program, and so much more, uh, as well as get the audio podcast. But if you do subscribe to one of those services, Please do us a favor and rate and review the show. It helps us to grow our standing within those um, within those catalogs and therefore reach a newer audience. We'd be very grateful to you. Again, you can find links everywhere at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But what is going on in Ireland? According to irishcatholic.com, an article that came out on the 28th, it says, Government now says public mass is an offense Despite earlier denials, it goes on to say the government insists that it is an if in it is an offense for a priest to leave his home to celebrate public mass unless this is a funeral or a wedding, of course. And it says the state also adds that it is an a similar offense for a parishioner to leave their home to attend mass. And this will be punishable by the law. And to join us to talk about this is, is Mr. Damian Murphy from TFP in Ireland, Tradition, Family, and Property. Good morning to you, Mr. Murphy. Morning. How are you doing? Praise be to God. I am alive. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Um, let's talk about Ireland. Now, the lockdowns there seem to be pretty severe compared to many other parts of even Europe, let alone the world. Uh, what is the status of Ireland today? Well, at the moment, since since December 26th, we've had no public masses. Uh, and since probably, I think around the beginning of January, we haven't, haven't been allowed to go more than five kilometers from our home. And so that the public masses, the five kilometer, and, and no visitors uh, uh, to your home either. And most shops, except what they call, consider essential, are all closed. And how long has this been going on? Since December 27th. So this is our third lockdown. This is your third lockdown. So what is the status of, of COVID cases in Ireland? Is it like, a, what is the death rate? I mean, how bad are things there? At the moment, they're reporting around 16 to 20 deaths every day from COVID and around uh, 500 average cases uh, of COVID. Now, the, the actual people dying because of COVID is, is very unreliable because even our, our Taoiseach, our Prime Minister, has said that if there's any chance uh, that the person had COVID when he died, is put down as a, as a COVID case. Mm. He said that in the Parliament. We saw a lot of that in America as well. So I imagine that the people feel that this is these lockdowns, these very draconian, hard, heavy-handed lockdowns seem to be an overkill to the situation. Do you agree or disagree? I think more and more people in Ireland are getting very frustrated uh, with the with, with the lockdowns. Because if you take the ordinary person, uh, he's seen that the cases aren't going down that much day by day. We used to be two thousand, now it's five hundred. Uh, and the vaccine being rolled out, so, so to the average person, the lockdown is making less and less sense. And uh, you can see that as well, looking at the traffic volume on the roads, that it looks like more and more people are, are completely disregarding 
the five kilometer rule. Now, in, in America, when the lockdowns were at their worst, we saw dramatic increases in things like addiction and depression and suicide. Are you guys seeing anything like that there? I, I wouldn't be able to say. I didn't look at those statistics. Um, I, I would be totally believable if, if that was the case, but I didn't, I didn't see any statistics about that for, for Ireland. Uh, Mr. Murphy uh, is uh, with TFP. TFP is a tradition family property. He's there in Ireland. And we're talking about the protests, lockdowns. And now uh, the Catholic public masses are illegal and punishable. Um, that, I, I don't know, I, I would be pretty infuriated by this. Uh, we, have a, we have an obligation to give God what is due to him in adoration mm-hmm. and worship. And that is done through the liturgies of the Catholic faith. And the, the, this secular government, in Ireland of all countries, um, how does this feel as a Catholic, living, born and raised in Ireland, you know, this is your home, how do you feel about uh, public mass being outlawed? It's, it's terrible, and, uh, and what you were saying as well is completely correct. The most important part of public worship is that you're giving glory to God. And there's this aspect that's a very important aspect that obviously going to Mass uh, benefits you spiritually. Obviously, that's, the, that's the very important. But another very important reason for the sacraments, for the church and all this is to give glory to God. And the government completely ignores that. And they have no proof that church gatherings actually spread any virus. Uh, they've been asked that several times in the parliament. And they've never produced evidence that it has, although they give the impression that church gatherings do spread the virus. Uh, Mr. Damian Murphy, the, I had a question in regards to a couple weeks ago, there was a, a huge rally that I saw uh, out of Ireland, and I was very shocked to see it. I was uh, surprised to see so many Irishmen uh, marching with Our Lady of Fatima leading the way. Uh, what was going on here? What was the march for, and, uh, and how were you all able to do that? I saw that almost nobody was wearing masks. I was very surprised to see that. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about what happened here? Yeah, it was it was um, it was very exciting. There were the the people who organized um, this event because of the COVID regulations. Uh, I can't say who actually organized the event, but uh, those who organized the event, they it was for uh, to honor Saint Patrick on his feast day, March seventeenth. And the obviously because of all the COVID and all this, the official parade in Dublin was cancelled this year which was kind of uh, very ironic because it gave the organizers an opportunity to uh, do a procession that really honored St. Patrick. And uh, it was promoted uh, very widely throughout Ireland, this procession. And the, the, it started in, on the north side of Dublin City and it went down uh, the main street in Dublin crossed the river and ended on the south side. It was about, it was an hour long. And the statue that you see uh, in the procession belongs to uh, to Irish Society for Christian Civilization. That's what we're known by uh, in Ireland. We're TFP, uh, but officially in Ireland we're known as Irish Society for Christian Civilization. And so the statue you see in the procession is uh, belongs to 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 uh, to the TFP there. And uh, it was pretty incredible because the, the government had promised to put a ring of steel around Dublin City to prevent any type of demonstration, anything from happening. 
and uh, despite that, around, I would say, between 200 to 250 attended that procession, which was, uh, like I would say, it was held in honor of St. Patrick, and it was also... Hold, hold a, that um, thought, Mr. Murphy, I'm sorry asking, to... Mr. Murphy, I had to cut you off, but hold that thought, we're going to go to a short break, we're going to be right back with more of this conversation on Ireland from Mr. Murphy from TFP. In chapter 4 of his rule, St. Benedict reminds us never to spare of God's mercy. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. This important phrase catches us by surprise because he slips it in at the end of a long list of good works we should practice. St. Benedict is reminding us that when we have done all we are supposed to, we must finally entrust everything to God's mercy. We believe that God is so merciful that he sent his Son to suffer and die in order to restore the beautiful creation we had disfigured by our sin. Only God's mercy can, in the end, repair all the evil and hurts that we inflict on one another. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com If we can just remember God's mercy in times of trouble, We can bear these difficulties and look forward to that day when all will be healed. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. Our Lady of Knock, pray for us. Yay and amen, Patty. Thank you for, for mentioning that. I want to thank everybody who's sharing our video feed on social media today. It helps us a great deal to spread the word. I've seen about 19 shares on the Facebook side. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for that. I can't see how many people are sharing on YouTube, but uh, I'm very grateful to all those who do. Uh, Mr. Damian Murphy from Tradition, Family, and Property in Ireland is our guest in this segment. And we're talking about Ireland and the lockdowns, uh, the draconian lockdowns there. I mean, really, it seems really out of control and the fact that public mass has been outlawed there now now i wonder mr murphy uh are, are there uh, you know i don't want you to reveal any incriminating details of course but i my mind is going back to 16th century england here uh our, i mean today's uh, saying of the day that i i talked about was blessed christopher robinson who was hung drawn and quartered in uh in 1598 uh, because he was a Catholic priest. I wonder, are, are underground masses a thing in Ireland today? Oh, definitely, yeah. There's, I, I know of masses being held uh, around the country, yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, no, so it's definitely happening. And just, um, just a few days ago, they, they uh, actually arrested a Protestant minister who was holding a, a, a Protestant service uh, for, for, for having the service at all. It's, and so it, if they're going to go after Protestant ministers it's, uh, and arresting them, it's, uh, it's only going to be a matter of time before they, they start arresting Catholic priests as well uh, for holding masses. What in the world is wrong with Ireland? This was a Catholic <laughs> country. Um, I mean, this is, this is the land of, of, of saints. This, uh, it, was, 
it was Irish missionaries who helped bring back Europe after the fall of the Roman Empire. What in the world is is this completely lost? Is is Ireland lost to secularism and atheism? Yeah. Well, in a certain sense, it's um, from a certain perspective, we we kind of deserve it because we voted for same-sex marriage. We voted for abortion. I don't know of any other country in the world that actually voted in these evils. You know, every other country, like America, for example, was through the court or something. So as a country, we have a lot to pay for. We have a lot, a lot of reparation to do. And even though, of course, it's the government directly who's doing this, uh, it's a, it could, indirectly, a, a God could be taking an opportunity to uh, to punish this country for what we've done, to how much we've offended him and broken his law in a public way. Emily? Yeah, well, that was kind of my question. I was going to ask, because one of the main concerns we have here in America is that people are not going to come back to mass after the lockdown. So I was wondering, would you say it's going to be the same in Ireland? Do you see people returning to the mass, returning to their Catholic faith? Or do you think that that uh, they're going to stay online or you know watching mass on, on YouTube? Yeah, it's very hard to tell. Uh, there definitely will be people uh, who will not be returning to Mass because while people are saying, it's, uh, you know, we can watch Mass online and all this, they don't, they don't ever explain that online Masses is no way close to actually attending Mass. But mm. they're not told that. So they think that, you know, if Masses return to Ireland, public Masses, many people will think it's perfectly sufficient to simply watch Mass online. And... And so there's that that type of um, bad bad education, bad catechesis playing a part here is that people simply don't know uh, the difference anymore. What Um, what has been prior to this? Let's go back to 2019. Okay, prior to pandemic, what was mass attendance like in Ireland then? uh, Let me see here. I I honestly don't know. Uh, it was. I think we're we're higher. We're one of the higher ones in Europe. Uh, that you know, higher than. So I on, think we might be up there with Poland. Let's uh, let's just use anecdotal type of evidence. Nothing concrete. We can all Google mm-hmm. the statistics. But what I'm curious about is, like on a given Sunday, the parking lot's full. Uh, yeah, it would be. Yeah, you would. You would on Sundays especially. Churches would be full. Yeah, especially in cities. Uh, you know, it's. I saw an Irish comedian the other day online, and this comedian was, the way they were joking, uh, fully embracing, like you said, same-sex unions, all manner of alphabetical gender ideologies and abortion and many other uh, grave immoral issues. And they, this, they, they, this person seemed to suggest that all of... Uh, Ireland's youth basically embrace this. This is like uh, the the days are gone of Catholic uh, thinking. Um, do you see hope in the future for Ireland? Uh, what is the mind of the young people in Ireland? Because usually uh, when I, I when I look at these uh, these countries like Poland, for instance, where goes the youth goes the country. So what does mm. Ireland's future look like? No, I I think it is hopeful because while at the same time there's very bad catechesis here, very you know. All this at the same time, obviously, uh, God God gives grace, and we were seeing, especially before COVID, we were visiting many homes with uh, the statue of Our Lady of Fatima, mm. and very often the, the age profile was 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 very good. 
there was a there was a very healthy mixture of very very young people to the elderly, and while we saw all the time very very bad catechesis, especially among the young people, they uh, generally they were very very interested um, not only in the message of Fatima but in 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 in, uh, in knowing their faith in in its entirety, and especially now with things getting so bad as it is, uh, I I get uh, the. Uh, Ireland needs fat from the TFP here in Ireland. We we frequently get messages from uh, especially young men asking h- how they can help, how they can uh, how they can you know make a difference. And uh, and we have seen people you know uh, converse and and uh, grow in their grow in their spiritual life. Mr. Damien Murphy is our guest with Ireland needs Fatima. Uh, Mr. Damien Murphy. In regards to y'all's, I was talking to some of the American uh, TFP here, and we were talking about how in Ireland, y'all are still doing caravans and Fatima visits, but y'all had to be incredibly careful in regards to uh, the five-kilometer rule. Could you speak about your experience with that and how you're getting around this? How are you still uh, doing the mission of the TFP of evangelizing, of saving souls amongst uh, amidst the uh, lockdowns and the like? Well, that's a very difficult answer, a very difficult uh, question to answer. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, we are we are doing work still, yes, and uh, reaching out to people, and uh, it's 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 difficult, but there is very much um, there is definitely a, a thirst for uh, the message of Fatima and for you uh, knowing the faith, um, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's a complicated question. <laughs> he doesn't want to answer to give out any straight trade secrets there. <laughs> well, praise be to God for it, though, uh, Mr. Damian Murphy. Uh, I, I think it's very concerning for I, I, most of my ancestry. I mean, 100% of my family on both sides go back to England and Scotland. And like Scotland, for instance, it's pretty much lost. I mean, there's uh, it's not even Protestant anymore. It's just a, it's just agnostic and atheist at best. Uh, and it's it's complete mission territory. Uh, but you, you said a minute ago that you felt like you had great hope for Ireland. Uh, but how far will we have to go down this dark hole before we see the bright spots come back? I mean, can you do? If you had to guess, in projection wise, do you see it's two generations, three generations from now that might, you know, return the splendor of Catholic Ireland? Yeah, it's a very yeah, that's a very hard question. I think maybe rather in terms of generation, you would probably better to ask, uh, how much do people have to suffer before they converse? Yeah. And um, I think that's really the only way we'll be able to gauge it. Um, for instance, if you look at the message of Fatima, the World War, Our Lady said World War II was a punishment for men's sins, but at the same time, it was uh, a plea from God for uh, the conversion of the world. Mm. Unfortunately, we know what happened after World War II. They were, the world was plunged back into debauchery. They just they completely forgot what they had just gone through. All the sacrifices people made to win against Nazism, all this, forgot it all. And so if we, take, if we use World War II as a kind of a benchmark, uh, I think we can kind of gauge how much people will have to suffer in order to really converse and... Uh, so I think there, I think there will be a lot more suffering, unfortunately, before people converse. Now, have you seen? Um, we know that this year is the year of Saint Joseph, and one of the Saint Joseph apparitions that 
we have, one of the few apparitions, was Our Lady of Knox. So is what is Ireland doing in this special year of St. Joseph? Um, are they doing anything special for um, St. Joseph or to uh, reverence that apparition? I haven't heard anything yet. And uh, no, in fact, it's a very good question. And, but unfortunately, no, I haven't heard anything how Ireland is going to be uh, especially honoring St. Joseph this year. And, uh, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm afraid, yeah, I don't know. For those who uh, are unaware of the story of Our Lady of Knock, could you briefly give the story of Our Lady of Knock? Um, we have about two minutes left in the show. Yeah, okay. Well, it, w- it was 1879 when Our Lady of Knock appeared in, out in the west of Ireland. She appeared um, herself, the Lamb of God, uh, St. Joseph, and I, I think St. John the Evangelist. And what was interesting was that the, the, it actually interfered with uh, a murder. Uh, a, 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 by Our Lady appearing, she actually stopped the murder from happening. Mm. The priest the previous day had given a very, a very good sermon and had enraged several people in the town. They had decided that night to go murder him because of it. And as you were walking by the church, uh, the Our Lady appeared along with the Lamb of God and everything else. And uh, the, the murderers... Uh, the murderers decided that it wasn't uh, the best idea to murder the priest, and uh, and they converted. And now it's now Knock is the national shrine uh, of Ireland to Our Lady. Uh, to Our Lady. Wow. Well, that is going to do it for our conversation with Mr. Damian Murphy, TFP Tradition Family and Property uh, in Ireland, and Ireland needs Fatima. God bless you, Mr. Murphy. Thank you for your time today and sharing the situation in Ireland. We're certainly praying for all the faithful there. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. All right. God love you, and God bless you. Have a great day. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Please do keep Ireland in your prayers, the faithful there. Hopefully, uh, by God's grace and will, there will be a return to public mass there, legally anyway. I know the underground masses uh, will have to uh, suffice for now, but that's going to do it for hour number one. In hour number two, we're going to have the game show. Prizes are involved. And the after show as well. So a lot of Catholic Drive Time still coming your way. If you can join us, fantastic. If you can't, we'll see you back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for another round. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. My Protestant friends say the Catholic Church has added a lot of man-made traditions to the Word of God. Is that true? No, it's not true. Protestants go by the written Word of God alone or sacred scripture alone. Catholics go by the entire Word of God as it is found in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. All of the Word of God was originally passed down as oral tradition. Eventually, some of it was written down. This became sacred scripture or written tradition. However, scripture itself tells us that not all the things that Jesus said and did were written down. That's where sacred tradition comes in. Paul says this about tradition. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. 
Traditions taught by word of mouth and traditions taught by letter, sacred scripture and sacred tradition. In 1 Corinthians 11.2, Paul commends them for maintaining the traditions as he has delivered them, sacred scripture and sacred tradition. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, And what you have heard from me before many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is an instance in scripture of Paul commanding the passing on of oral tradition. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. They received as the word of God that which they heard, not simply that which they read in Scripture. In other words, the Bible clearly supports the Catholic Church's teaching that the word of God is contained in both sacred Scripture and sacred tradition. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Years ago when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and the home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at catholicscomehome.com. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We just had a uh, an interesting and good conversation with Mr. Damian Murphy from TFP in Ireland. Uh, Ireland needs Fatima about the situation there, and it's rather crazy. We're going to be posting that conversation uh, later today on our YouTube and Rumble channels. We encourage you to check those out, like, share, subscribe, all of those things. It really helps us out. By the way, Erica, thanks for sharing our video. God love you and God bless you. We appreciate that. Uh, but uh, we're going to have a great hour this hour. Looking forward to that. Uh, the good news segment is coming up. Emily, good morning to you. Good morning. Yes, and we do have some good news coming out of a lot of good pro-life news, I would say. So we kind of switched things up, and uh, Emily did this, and I paid no attention, and she had to bring it to my attention. So this is what we're doing. In the first hour, you have two new segments. Those are like the hard-hitting, kind of more ugh type of stories. In this hour, second hour, the new segment will be a good news segment because we need some good news to balance things out. So praise be to God. So that's coming up. And then, of course, we're going to have the Fear and Trembling Game Show. Now, just a note, no show on Friday. It's Good Friday. We're going to go uh, to uh, to celebrate Good Friday. So we will not be here, which means we have to pull the winner tomorrow. Now, good news, bad news, Emily. Okay, what's the bad news? You always want the bad news first. Yeah. The bad news is you won't be here to be a participant uh, in that. You're, I know. You're gone. You're T-minus seven minutes, and you're out of here, or however long, and you're going to leave right after the show, and then you're going to be home with your family in Chicago, 
and we'll have uh, Fran Peterson on tomorrow to fill in for you. But we will we'll have to pull the winner on our own. I'm not sure Adrian and I qualify, but we'll find a way. You know, I've been <laughs> I've been training all week, and I think I'm almost ready to start pulling names out of. I a mean, cup. it's not an easy task. You're really going to have to. Uh, you're not going to be perfect at it your first time. It's fine. Don't Spe- worry. Speaking of the imperfect, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. This is the most accurate introduction <laughs> that you've done so far. Uh, and you know, we wished a happy birthday to uh, Lisa's son and niece in the last hour. But uh, just in case this is the hour they listen to, uh, Kaya and Alex, their birthdays are on Holy Saturday. Kaya's turning eight and. And Alex is turning 15 on Easter Sunday. We hey. want to wish them a very happy birthday. Praise be to God. Very exciting stuff. So it's going to be a full hour. So you're going to have the good news segment. You're going to have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. You're going to have the uh, Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia Game Show. So three more chances to get into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence and possibly win this week's prize, sponsored by SomedaySaints.com. And then, of course, uh, we will have the after show where we stay on social media side and let you, our dear listener, drive the conversation. You get to uh, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're going to interact with you, and we're very excited about that. It's always been a lot of fun to do that. So there's a lot to jump into this hour. Hopefully, you'll be able to join us for a part or all of it. If you can, you can always find the links to our social feeds on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let me also just mention... Um, we're still going to publish a, uh, a commentary review of the Sunday Gospel. That'll come out Thursday. Unfortunately, Emily will will be at home relaxing with her family uh, in preparation for Easter Sunday. Uh, but Adrian and I will carry it on uh, one way or the other. We just we won't involve Saint Augustine, Saint Cyril, or or the Greeks or the Greeks. They're banned from the show. They're banned. <gasps> they are. They are banned this week. Well, next week they'll come back. I'm sure. Uh, all right. Uh, let me also just really thank really quickly uh, realestateforlife.org for being a generous underwriter of our program. Uh, we're very grateful to all of our sponsors. And Real Estate for Life connects buyers and sellers of homes, people trying to buy and sell houses, uh, to create a pro-life you know experience and support pro-life. Uh, organizations like ours, and we're just so grateful to them. Their website is realestateforlife.org. Let's pray for your intentions, dear listener. We're certainly praying for ours as well. Let's ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for all of us by whispering these intentions into the ear of her divine child. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee, I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. I almost forgot that. The Texas Senate passed seven pro-life bills this week, three of which are on Texas rights, Right to Life's priority agenda. Taking unprecedented steps to defend life, the Texas Senate passed the Texas Abolition Strategy Act by Senator Charles Perry. Senate Bill 1647 is the boldest pro-life measure ever passed by the House or Senate in Texas. The Texas Abolition Strategy Act is an omnibus pro-life priority bill which combines three pro-life measures into one comprehensive bill. If enacted into law by the state of Texas, the state will immediately ban all abortions committed for discriminatory reasons such as race, gender, or disability within two years 
ban abortions after the child's heartbeat is detectable, and within four years, abolish all elective abortions in Texas. By passing the Texas Abolition Strategy Act, Texas has taken unmatched historic action to defend human life. Several pro-life laws, laws were also passed this week in the Mexican state of Querétaro. On Monday, they passed a bill reforming the law on social development to add protections for pregnant women and unborn children. The legislator also passed a resolution urging the Federal Chamber of Deputies to defeat proposed constitutional reforms that would open the door to abortion and gender ideology. The Querétaro state constitution already protects human life from the moment of conception, and the child in the womb is considered already born for all legal intents and purposes. The new law fortifies that right. In her remarks before a full session of the legislature, Elsa Mendez said she introduced the bill in the context of the Day of the Unborn Child, which is observed March 25th in a number of Latin American countries. And Pope Francis spoke to the Pontifical Mexican College at the Vatican on Monday and encouraged the Mexican clergy to keep their gaze fixed on Christ, the suffering servant. The Holy Father said that it is essential for priests to conform their outlook with that of Christ's gaze of love, which generates tenderness, reconciliation, and fraternity, adding, quote, We need to have a look of tenderness with that our Father God sees the problems that afflict society. Violence, social and economic inequalities, polarization, corruption, and lack of hope, especially among the youngest people. The Pontifical Mexican College was founded in 1967, and today Mexican diocesan priests are sent to live at the Pontifical College in Rome while obtaining further degrees of study at Pontifical Universities. At the end of his talk, the Holy Father said, Please do not forget to pray for me. I need it because this job is not easy at all. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Christopher Robinson, pray for us. Born in Woodside, England, 1568, he would go to France in 1590 to study at Douai and Reims and eventually would become a priest. He would be ordained on the 24th, the 24th of February, 1592. But he would return to England, to his home, to help uh, covertly minister there in 1592. And uh, the Catholics were oppressed. We just talked to Mr. Damien Murphy about the situation in Ireland and underground masses that are being said right now in order to provide the sacraments to the faithful. Well, this is what Christopher Robinson was there to do, provide the sacraments to minister, to help bring converts back to the church. And uh, and he would do so in the areas of Cumberland and Westmoreland. He witnessed the martyrdom of St. John Bost and even published an account of it. But he would be arrested on the 4th of March, 1597, for the crime of being a Catholic priest. He'd be martyred for it, too. Uh, they tried to hang him twice, and twice the rope broke. So on the third attempt, they doubled up the rope, and they were successful. On the 19th of August, 1598, he was hung, drawn, and quartered. He would be beatified by Pope St. John Paul II on the 22nd of November, 1987. Blessed Christopher Robinson, pray for us. The Gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 26, verses 14 through 25. Of the twelve, one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. 
On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says my appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I, I just, I'm so uh, deeply affected by this exchange, especially between Jesus and Judas. Woe! I mean, when you hear a woe, you should be like, woe. That's, like, that's heavy. When Jesus himself says this, this is powerful. Woe to that man whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Of course, we all know about the 30 pieces of silver. It is the same price as a slave in Exodus 21, 32. But Zechariah 11, I think in particular, uh, it is the rupture of the covenant between the, the tribes and God. And it was at the price of 30 pieces of silver. It is a powerful passage for us to meditate upon. But uh, woe, woe to that man. Adrian, what say you? Uh, yes, the thing I want to talk about is in regards to when our Lord first tells everybody, he says, what does he say? He says, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And what's the reaction of the apostles? The reaction of the apostles is despair, like they're distressed. It says they're deeply distressed at this. Why are they distressed? Because they trust God. They trust Jesus more than they trust themselves. So if our Lord said that one of the 12 apostles, those who have ate with him, who have lived with him, who have met his mother, who have lived with his mother, who have uh, healed people, who have raised the dead, if one of them were to betray them, they, don't, they believe it and they're concerned because they're saying, well, what if it's me? What if it's me? Because they trust, they trust our Lord more than even they trust themselves. And that's kind of mind-blowing to think of that way. Do we have that kind of trust in God? And St. John Chrysostom, he says that our Lord shows us here what's the proper way to endure suffering, to endure wrongdoings, forbearance, and how to forget injuries. Uh, what is the proper way to do this? He said it would have been just and right for our Lord and the, in response to Judas who knew that he was about to betray God, who Jesus himself knew he was about to betray him. He knew that. And yet Judas comes to him and says, is it not I? Am I going to be the one betraying you, Lord? Uh, as if Jesus didn't know and as if mm -hmm. Judas didn't know. And so Chris Austin said, it would have been right and just for uh, our Lord to act out in anger and yell, thou wicked and sacrilegious wretch, thou ungrateful traitor. Instead though, Instead, what does our Lord do in all meekness, in all meekness, he, all he says is, you have said so. 
And that's it. That's all he said. And that, that's a lesson for us. And how, how are we supposed to endure suffering? When people say slanderous things about us, when people uh, buffet us, when people attack us, how do we respond? I'm not saying that I do this perfectly because I don't. I don't even get close to this. But uh, Chris Austin and uh, Cornelius Lapide is showing us the right way to do this. Yeah, it's powerful, isn't it? I love how Jesus actually says, you know, the Son of Man has got to go, as it is written of him. He's going to go to that passion. But woe to that man by whom. Woo, man, that's, you don't want to be that guy. Let's not be that guy today. Let's pray for sinners that they will be converted before they die. While there is breath in our lungs, guess what's coming next, by the way? The Game Show. The phone number, 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please don't share this with anybody, but we want to secretly teach a little bit about the faith so you always learn something new. 
And then, of course, you like to have a little laugh in the process, and prizes are involved, so it's a win-win-win for everybody. But here's the catch. If you're just joining us, I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand, and uh, I don't ask our caller any of these questions. So they don't even need to know the answers, because I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. One will be right, the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. So this week's prize is sponsored by SomedaySaints.com. That's S-O-M-D, Someday Saints. Now, Someday Saints is a shop that was started by a Catholic mother of six, and she designed... An, an adoration prayer journal for children. And so maybe your kids uh, are kind of noisy. They get distracted at mass and adoration. Well, this is a way to keep them engaged and to teach them how to begin to pray in adoration. And maybe you don't have any kids. Maybe you don't know any kids. Maybe you've never met a child in your life. That's okay, because you can also choose to win a sticker bundle because she also designs stickers. So thank you to Someday Saints for sponsoring our show this week. All right. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, we're very grateful to everybody who has tried to call in and be a guest on our program. If you didn't get in today, please be sure to call in tomorrow early. Tomorrow's your last chance for this week's prize, but next week we'll have more prizes. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Judy, good morning to you. Thanks for being on our show. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can, Judy. Good morning to you. Okay, great. Because my call's wrong. <laughs> I had to redial. Well, praise okay. be to God. We're glad you're on. Where are you calling from, Judy? Uh-oh. I think we're losing Judy again. Judy, can you hear me? We'll try you one more time. Uh, I Ju- can hear you, but I can hear you, but I have a bad connection, I think. Well, let's let's can you hear me? let's just jump in then. Let's see if we can't get the game show done with you on the phone. So uh, okay. we're going to go to the questions. Do you understand how the game is played, Judy? Yes, I listen a lot. Well, praise be to God. We're glad you're here. All right, we're going to go to Emily, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. Here we go. Emily. Okay. Who was released to appease the crowds in order to crucify your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Who was released? Okay, this was Dismas. Are you sure? Yes. Mm, So Dismas. Okay, okay. Adrian, can you tell me... Who was released in order to appease the crowds, in order to crucify your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Uh, let's see. I am going to go with Barabbas. Hmm. Barabbas. Could be. It could be. So let's see here. Adrian is on the hook for Barabbas, and Emily is on the hook for Dismas. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Judy, what say you? I have to go with Adrian. Survey says, well done, Judy. I feel like she knew that one. I feel like <laughs> she knew that one. Pretty, I don't know. Now, fascinating fact, Barabbas is basically uh, just means son of Abba, and Abba means father, so son of the father was released in order for the actual son of the Heavenly Father to be crucified. Which is a metaphor for all of us. Yes, yes. Yeah. But uh, Dismiss got dismissed today. Well, Dismas couldn't help it. It was Saint, just right there. Saint Dismas is the uh, the guy on the cross yes. next to our Lord who accepted also his just a punishment. Criminal. Also yeah. a criminal, accepted his just punishment and entered heaven. All right, praise be to God. Hey, Judy, you're in the coffee cup of divine providence for one chance. Congratulations! But you get two more. So let's let's see what we can get done here before we get cut off again. Adrian, <laughs> we'll start with you this time. Are you ready? 
Absolutely. Let's do this. Adrian, name the capital sin that is the inordinate love of temporal things, especially riches. Uh, let's see. That would be lust, uh, gluttony, and mm. uh, let's say and greed. You're just throwing that all in there. Lust, gluttony, and greed. That's your answer? Those are it. Mm, okay, let's see. Emily, can you tell me what is the name of the capital sin that is the inordinate love of temporal things, especially riches? Okay, so the name of this sin is avarice, which is a, a fancy way of saying covetous greed. Covetous Covetous greed. Wow. Avarice, covetous greed is Emily's answer. And Adrian is on the hook for gluttony and what? Lust. Gluttony, lust. All right. So Adrian, gluttony, lust. Emily, avarice and covetousness. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Judy, what say you? I think it's Emily. Survey says... No fooling, Judy. Right. Easy peasy. <laughs> no fooling, Judy. Judy, by the way, where are you from? Where are you from? Uh, Lindsay, Texas. I go to St. Peter's Church. Wow. Praise be to God. Now, Lindsay, Texas, like that's in the north or in the west? It's north of. It's an hour north of Dallas. Hour north of Dallas. Praise be to God. Uh, all right. Uh, very good. Two chances in the coffee cup, Judy. You're rolling right along. You're almost at a perfect score. And I got to believe this last question is probably the easiest of all. Are you ready, Judy? Okay. I'm ready. All right, Emily, we're back at you this time. Emily, can you tell me, to whom does the term paraclete refer? The paraclete. So this would be the Holy Ghost. Are you sure? Yes. You're sure? The paraclete, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, to whom does the term paraclete refer? Well, the word paraclete means the one who is sent. I'm going to go with uh, Muhammad. That's your answer? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yep. Well, you want to phone a friend? Nope. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for Muhammad, and Emily is on the hook for the Holy Ghost. Never the twain shall meet, uh, but 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Judy, what say you? Got to go with Emily this time. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, yes. yeah, I was reaching for my dub button. Thanks for doing it for me. Hey, but the reason why I said Muhammad, though, is because uh, Muslims will actually interpret this passage and say that paraclete actually refers to Muhammad. Uh, wow. and so, I just yeah. Googled it. You're right. Yep. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. So it's they, super interesting. Wow, that's so interesting. That's no, super crazy. It's what that is. It comes from the Greek, which um, means advocate or comforter. Yep. And so they said that Muhammad is that one who came afterwards that uh, was sent after Jesus. And so they believe that that Muhammad was the paraclete, wow. uh, which is a heresy. That's and so false. interesting. And tomorrow night in the upper room, Jesus will tell his disciples, unless I go, the Lord, I mean, the God, the Father of heaven won't send the helper. And that is the paraclete. So praise Which is the God. Holy Ghost and not Muhammad. That's exactly right. Well, Judy, perfect score. How do you feel? Awesome. And your, your phone hung out with us the whole time. Uh, I can't be uh, more grateful to God for allowing the connection to stay connected. <laughs> Thank you to the paraclete. The I helper. know. <laughs> well, praise That's what I get for driving. <laughs>
Praise be. Oh, it's a beautiful part of Texas, by the way, North Texas. Uh, praise you. be to God, Judy. Thank you for your participation today. We're putting your name into the coffee cup of divine providence. If it be God's will, your name might be pulled out tomorrow because tomorrow is the day we are pulling the names because we will not be here Friday. We will be celebrating Good Friday. Which means higher chance of winning. Yeah, so uh, praise be to God, Judy. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Well, we're going to put you on hold, Judy, so don't go anywhere. And, uh, and Mr. Adrian Fonseca will uh, will get your phone number just in case it is God's will so we can connect you to our sponsor this week, SomedaySaints.com. Someday Saints. Is it Someday Saints? Someday Saints. Someday Saints, yeah, plural. Someday Which Saints. Which she named com. it after her children, who will be Someday Saints. Yeah, praise God. So that's going to do it for the uh, radio side of our show today. Praise be to God. If you're going to go to Holy Mass, please do us a favor and keep our prayer intentions uh, in your heart as you uh, attend Holy Mass. If not, and you can join us for the after show, we would surely love to have you because in our after show, you, my dear listener, get to drive that conversation. So if you're listening on the radio right now, uh, thank you for doing that, by the way. Uh, if you'd like to join us, you have to jump on one of the social streams, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You can find links of all of that on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And while you're there, you can sign up to our email list, and you can get the commentary of the Sunday Sunday Gospels that we will publish uh, Thursday, tomorrow afternoon. And a lot of other details, like our podcast and, and a ton of other information, is all right there, plus videos of previous shows and guest interviews at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. By the way, if you download the mobile app in your iOS or Android store for the Guadalupe Radio Network, you can also get our podcast feed. And I, I want to say the uh, Station of the Cross is also uh, giving out the podcast feed as well. So we're very grateful to the Station of the Cross for being a part of the Catholic Drive Time family. Uh, but praise be to God, um, tomorrow's show, who's on our show tomorrow? Let me look that up real quick before we get off air. That's Mountain. Mountain Boutraic. Now, Mountain Boutraic is an interesting character. He lives in Rome with his family, and he is a, uh, a Catholic travel guide. He takes people on pilgrimages and whatnot. He has, I've, I met Mountain back in 2008 in Atlanta at a Catholic New Media conference. Very interesting guy. So we'll have a conversation about Holy Week from a other perspective of Rome. I mean, given lockdowns too, but, you know, the station churches and all of that. So that'll be tomorrow's program, plus more breaking news and stories. Fran Peterson will be here to fill in for Emily. And uh, Emily, uh, well, we wish you the best. Uh, enjoy your, your time with your family. And I guess we'll see you back here on Monday. Thank you, yeah. Well, uh, no, I'm going to fly home on Monday. So I'll see you on Tuesday. You'll see me on Tuesday. Oh, but I'll be on by Zoom. All right. Well, praise be to God. We'll still see you on Monday then. Yeah. I knew I was right. <laughs> at any rate, don't look at me like that, Adrian. What are you looking at? Anyway, that's going to do it. God bless you. God love you. If you can't join us for the after show, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired is our mission, and we're so very grateful that you are a part of this family. Do us a favor and share us with your friends and your family. It would make a big difference to us. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get more casual in our conversation with you. We let our hair down. Some of us have more hair than others. Just saying. Like my uh, second grandchild, praise be to God, he was born with more hair than I have on my head. That's amazing. And you get to drive the conversation. So whatever you want to talk about, that's what we want to talk about. Comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, and let us know what's on your mind. Now, if you're commenting on Twitter, it's probably not the best option, because I don't even know I can see the comments on Twitter. Uh, Facebook and YouTube tend to be better places. But uh, whatever you want to talk about, we would like to uh, discuss that, so let us know. Uh, Eric, good morning to you. Hashtag seven sorrows. Hashtag no sin gang. Boy, you've really, uh, you've really, you've really jumped on the bandwagon there, Eric. <laughs> Praise be to God. Now, I did. Uh, okay, hands up, show of hands. How many people prayed the Seven Sorrows Rosary yesterday? Let's see it. Let's see it. Emily, you got a hand up over there. I can't see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you you joined the team, Emily. Praise be to God. <laughs> um, but I got a I got a confession again. I you know my son and I were praying this the uh, Seven Sorrows uh, Rosary and. I was fighting sleep. I'm like so badly wanted just to fall off to sleep. Like, does that ever happen to you? Like, even like in adoration, I could be wide awake and go into adoration and then just fight to stay awake the entire time I'm in there. That was me every morning I was in the convent because that early, first thing you do when you you wake up in in religious life is, well, at least at this community, was do a holy hour. And uh, let me tell you, it was not easy. (laughs) Yeah, same. We did a... uh an hour of meditation every morning when we woke up as well. And without fail, I would fall asleep like probably like 60% of the time. I would say it's, it's actually a skill you gain is being able to uh, look like you're meditating while you're really just sitting <laughs> oh, up straight man. with your eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, every Friday we did a chapter of faults so where we had to make public confessions of anything that we did that's that was against uh, really? the community. Are you allowed public to say that? Confessions. And, well, it's not technically a confession, but it's a you're confessing publicly the things what? that you the pro, the errors that you did uh, that were um, that affected the whole community. So if you wow. did any any public offenses, you had to confess them publicly. That's crazy. Yeah. So obviously your private confession is private but you had that and so all of us would go around and without fail every week i would have to confess to um falling asleep during meditation (laughs) angelo good morning to you uh he's got his hands up in the uh, hashtag seven sorrows challenge awesome way to go angelo valentine good morning to you sir praise be to god it's good to see you of course thank you sean i like my hat too monica good morning to you uh, Chris Velasquez, praise be to God. He's got hashtag seven stars going there. Sweet. Susan, uh, good morning from uh, Massachusetts. What part of Massachusetts, Susan? I don't know if you've heard or not, but my wife is from North Shore. She's from Peabody. So uh, it's good to see you here, Susan. Hey, Sus Moreno on YouTube side, good morning to you. 93 hasn't been here in a while. Uh, praise be to we God. We miss you, 93. Uh, if you are hanging out with us and you've never commented before, I have a great sound effect for you. We have the horns of apocalypse for you. The horns of judgment. Or, right? We did get that on the button. Valentine says, um, Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is Thank you, Valentine. Thank you very much. It seems uncharitable, Jesus, to do that to <laughs> No, me. that was Valentine. Uh, Valentine did that? Jesus, he, Valentine, Valentine said, Jesus is a friend of you mine. Have been, you have been bitten by the bug, buddy. You probably can't see. You probably can't get it out of your mind now. All day long, it's probably all you think about. Donald on uh, Catholic Drive Time Facebook page has his hand up as well. All right, Donald. Uh, Lori has her hand up. Praise be to God. Hashtag Seven Sorrows. 
She said she slept really well after the Seven Sorrows. Amen. Wow. Praise Much God. like you, Joe. <laughs> I slept during the Seven Sorrows, not afterwards. Afterwards, I was wide awake. I don't know what it is, but uh, golly gee whiz. Another horn? I think Lori, I think she's missing the horn. No, I don't think she is. Lori, tell us, are you missing the horn? No need to comment, Lori. I've got you covered. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's missing the horns, I think. She wants the horns of judgment. You know. The horns of the apocalypse. If God don't what? I've, I've noticed this, actually, that I'm on this show. Unless God is doing it, it won't get done. Isn't but, that great? Isn't that a great I line? Think this is a song about a divine aban- abandonment to divine providence. I think That's exactly a what it is. a song about uh, having the Lord do things that Adrian should do, like put it on a button. We'll see. I'm going to have to maybe gonna for, ask maybe the Lord. For, maybe for Monday. See, even Lori's like, no, Adrian, please give him the button. I don't, I don't think that's what she's saying. Where? No, I don't what? think that's what she's saying. Trust me. Don't, don't fact check me. It's fine. Lori, can you, can you please uh, elaborate <laughs> on, uh, on your concern here, on your no? I, I would, <laughs> no I'm very no curious need. as no to uh, no your furthering your discussion here, furthering no the discussion. You know, no need. Uh, cr- hello, Christopher Chance. He was so funny. He commented on Facebook. He said uh, about the game show, one answer will be right and the other will be wrong. So... So wrong. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. We should, we should add that. Good promo. We should add that. <laughs> what we should have asked the question on the game show: Why yeah. is today called Spy Wednesday? Yeah, oh, mm, that'd been a good question. Would have been. Yeah, very true. Praise be to God. Um, the answer, the no, the wrong answers are usually like big wrong, huge wrong. It's more fun. More fun that way. Eric says he, he is on the Jesus is a friend of mine bandwagon. It can't what? be stopped. Can't see? <laughs> it's an addiction. Can't, can't it, stop, won't stop. It's an addiction. Once you, and hope, it, you, Eric, you probably watched the video. That's your problem. Okay. If you just heard the song, you'd be like, what's the big deal? It's fine. If you, it's once you watch the video of that song that you're, like, you're never going to be the same again. You may have to go to counseling. I'm not sure. Emily, did you read Patty's comment at the beginning of the show? Uh, no, did not. Patty said that she, uh, let's see if I could find it. She said something very nice about you. And I'm oh, trying to see if I could find she it. She liked the color I was wearing. Yes, that's what it was. She said yeah. she liked the color you were wearing. That's uh, interesting. I, I, women just notice these things. Joaquin is know. down for the horns. Praise be to God, brother. I knew somebody had my back today. Let's see. Why elaborate Emily on what? Uh, Lori, you said, why elaborate Emily? Oh, oh, oh. She's probably talking about Spy Wednesday. Oh. I mean, Spy, yeah, Spy Wednesday. Okay. Would you like to... It's a reference to Judas's intent to betray Jesus. So he kind of... He spied. Do you want to explain further? <laughs> no, I, I don't know other than... The, all I know about Spy Wednesday is that it refers to Judas. Uh, other yes. than that, I'm not familiar with anything further. So I loved that... Uh, that, all, that scene also in the Passion of the Christ yesterday, we're talking about the Passion of the Christ. Um, by the way, I was talking to our friend, friend of the show, Jesus Robles, yesterday. And we were, I mentioned to him, have you ever seen the, the, the processions that happen in, I think it's in Barcelona, or maybe it's in various parts of Spain, with these elaborate Oh yeah, uh, you know setups and the teams of men that uh, that process with these ginormous. I don't, what do they call them? Like uh, per- floats or not floats? Oh, there's a word for What's it. What's the word? But today's the day. Spy Wednesday is the day that they do these. They're so incredible. I I got to be honest with you. As a guy 
When you see something like that, you're like, I want in. I want to do that. I want to be there. We need processions like that in America and everywhere else, frankly. I mean, the, the f- families go back generations building these things, and they're so elaborate. They're so massive. Everything has to be coordinated. They're so heavy. They're carried on, uh, on poles on the, on the shoulders of these men. It's really inspirational. It's powerful. And, and uh, the images uh, of our Lord crucified and our lady are just really gripping and beautiful. Yeah, I love I, that. I saw this uh, video the other day of the Latin Mass Society in France, and they were having this huge procession uh, barefoot. And I was like, whoa, that's, whoa. that's pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, these things, this is part of our patrimony. Let's bring it back, especially in America. We, it seems like something we don't really do ever. So, mm. Jeff, happy Holy Week to you, too. God bless you. Ouch. Kathy, shot across the bow. Ooh. I can't believe Adrian doesn't know about something. What? <laughs> wow, you just got disowned, Adrian. Ouch. <laughs> it's okay. Written straight out of the well. <laughs> so, yeah, traditionally today is called Spy Wednesday because of Judas, who was a spy among the disciples. And so, yeah, uh, that's why it's called that. Basically, yeah, that, that's Adrian. the only thing, that's all I know about it. That's, that's the extent of my knowledge on it. Now, uh, in Adrian's defense, he's not getting a lot of rest today or in, a lot this week. In my defense, I uh, am not omnipotent yet. Uh, yeah. Ouch, that's that's kind of bad. Uh, go on YouTube and, and search Holy Week processions in Spain. They're super cool. You guys have to see this, and they will be. <laughs> Lori, Lori says. Watching on YouTube now. Lori switched from Facebook to YouTube, and she's like, wow, y'all are much bigger than on oh. my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a fat joke, Lori? I'm just curious. Um, ouch. Ouch. Not Welcome te- to teasing, YouTube, Lori. Teasing, teasing. Kathy mm-hmm. uh, said that she's uh, said, hashtag seven sorrows of Mary uh, in, front, in of front of the abortion clinic, clinic abortion this morning. Clinic. Wow. And hashtag Jesus is a friend of mine. Yes. What? <laughs> There you go. There you go. Kathy. Adrian has infected you too. Man. Don't watch the video. If you've never if you have not yet seen the video, then don't do it. It, Because it'll ruin like your whole day. The rest of your whole day will be just spent like mesmerized by the uh, by the craziness of that video. Apparently Spy Wednesday was also known as Silent Wednesday. Uh, I don't know why. It says the Gospels did not record any activities in the life of Jesus. The only event is the secret meeting of Judas with the chief priests. Mm. Interesting. Oh. Huh. I don't know. Very interesting. I'm going to have to look into this because uh, Kathy called me out for not knowing something. So now I have to read about <laughs> it. So over the, uh, by tomorrow, I'll be an expert on Spy Wednesday. You know, <laughs> Judas was the first person to leave Mass early. Yeah. Oh, I've seen churches that put that. They on literally their doors, have that sign. And I, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Savage. Yikes. Savage. Yikes. 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 <laughs> and you know, I I really love today's passage. Um, the reason why is because it really combats this error today that uh, we have a reasonable hope that all men are saved. Uh, because our Lord said, I mean, He's very, very clear here. It'd be better to not have been born at all than for the uh, Son of Man to be betrayed. Right. So mm. that that tells me that. If, like, for instance, if I, uh, like, what what would be better than not existing? Literally anything would be better because it be, it's better to exist rather than to not exist, right? Yeah. And so, except unless you're in hell, in which case it's better to have not existed than to be in hell for all of eternity. Uh, so, if God is telling Judas, you know, it'd be better that you just never existed. What does that mean? Well, if he was going to go end up in heaven, then no, any kind of suffering that you endure is worth it if you go to heaven. 
Uh, but no amount of suffering, no amount of anything is worth it if you end up in hell. That's the only thing that ends up mattering. I was going to um, the missions this week at uh, my parish, and the uh, the priest today or yesterday last night was talking about the four last things and death and uh, death and judgment specifically. And it, it, it is striking. It is very striking. We are called to die once. And then after our death, uh, judge, judgment. And that's it. That's it. And so we have to be prepared for it. And we have to seek heaven. If we think that we're all just going to end up in heaven, uh, we are not going to be prepared for our death. We need to prepare for our death. It can happen today. Uh, there was one of our parishioners actually died and they had their funeral yesterday at 10 a.m., and she was uh, someone broke into her home and beat her to death. Oh. And she was actually planning on it's it's incredibly sad. She was actually planning on moving to uh, down south to the parish. And she was had just sold her house and was about to move uh, because she found this parish and she loved it. She loved the Latin Mass and she was going to change her life and move over here. And uh, that this wild act of violence that broke into her home and murdered her. Uh, and her funeral was last was yesterday, I, and it, it's it's terrible because did she have a chance to repent? Did when was the last time she went to confession? I don't know. I don't know the answer to these questions. Uh, we have to be prepared at all times. We don't know the hour nor the day uh, when our when we will be at the judgment seat of God. So we must be prepared. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I just sent you a link, Adrian, Uh-oh. via the chat. Uh, there is a uh, Brandon Lee. I don't know if you know who Brandon Lee is. He's a YouTuber. A cinematographer and he last year he i think it was last year no forgive me this goes way back 2017 so a few years back three years ago yeah uh he he published a uh a cinema a very cinematic vlog of the processions in spain and i thought it'd be cool if we played it and commented over it uh this way we get away with the uh you know commenting copyright issues um but if even if we can't do that i posted links uh, in the chat box, in the comment box, and I recommend you check them out. Just because you don't have to like like Brandon Lee or anything, but the video itself is very beautiful, and it uh, depicts sort of the epic nature of these processions. And it's like, man, I really wish we could have. As a guy who served in the Marine Corps, and whenever you know, whenever you march in formation, you know, and things are clicking, like the the boots are all hitting the ground at the same time, and the earth is beginning to shake, and you're hearing that cadence, you know. And and uh, man, there was a time when I, as a marine, I would lead the, the you know, lead the marines in formation uh, in Millington, Tennessee, going to going to class, and we would as we approached our class, as we approached the building where our classes were, we'd have to pass through this sort of like corridor where buildings were on both sides. And whenever we got to that point, boy, every Marine would straighten up and their boots would just crush the earth. And uh, you would hear that beat. And then I'd start chanting, like that. And the, the, all the instructors would come out. They'd come out just to watch us wa- walk through that one spot. And the, everybody's heart would be pounding and pride. And now imagine... It that ten thousand times greater because you're doing that for the Lord. You're doing that out of uh, a deep, profound tradition and respect for the Passion Week, and that's Spain. I mean, it's like that. It's like those Marine that Marine Corps time, but on steroids. And golly gee whiz, I wish we would do this here. Can you play that at all? I'm yes. curious. So, is there a certain part of it? Because it's seven minutes long. Yeah, I just start playing it. We don't okay. have to play the whole thing. Let's see. 
Did I... Can you hear it? This is a super cool video. I'm sharing it on Facebook, too. There you go. Let's see. Oh. I get it shared. I mean, it's epic. Yes or yes? Having, for over 500 years, a brother from Spain have gathered their Oh, dang. So you see... You're seeing, like, this crowd, and you're seeing... I don't Radiant know. It, it doesn't look like it's... Uh, the frame rate looks pretty choppy, but I think it'll give you a sense of the how intricate, how beautiful, how ornate, how involved, how incredibly detailed every aspect is of these pr processions. How many people are involved, the sheer gravity, how many people come out, the pain, the suffering to carry these ginormous, I don't even know what you call them, float? I keep wanting to call it a float, it's not a float. There's a technical name for it, but I can't think of what it is at the moment. Los tronos pueden pesar. It's, wow. This is incredible. That's pretty epic. So this little video, and we link to it so that you can watch it yourself. But they detail that this is a family tradition. Families, they, they every year they build these things. They're placing uh, flowers and, uh, and like plant material on the path they're going to walk on everybody gets dressed it's such a big deal yeah, you know why don't we do this th and this is what i guess that i'm like i long for for catholics in america you know we're a melting pot we come from all over the world so we all bring our little flavor to the table but in some regards like how, look how wonderful it is to see these people that have this in common yeah that's cultural catholicism but at the same time, in spite of their own personal uh, profession of faith, in spite of their own personal adherence to the faith and its teachings, look at the epic nature and grandeur of this event and what it would say to the hearts of those people who would watch and look upon. Right, this goes against uh, Judas saying, we could have sold this to give it to the poor. Yeah! This yeah. goes completely against that. No, this is like, let's do everything, let's do great grandiose acts give everything to God yeah and you might have missed it but in, in the first few seconds of the film they actually went underneath one of these you know floats I don't even want to know what to call this thing I, I think they're called thronos thrones 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 thank you and then it underneath where nobody else can see was an image of our lady nobody else could see that but there was one there you know that the our lady of sorrows there is so stunning I you know, I kind of had to pull Jesus and like, get a statue of Our Lady of Sorrows like that in my house. <laughs> he so just stunning. got the last one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at the pain on their face, but the sheer determination to carry these to carry these thrones. Wow, wow. it's such oh, a big goodness. deal. That is so amazing. You know that, and that really gives the the spirit of Holy Week because I mean, we see Holy Week today, and we just don't we don't do anything for it. Not really. Not in America. Not in America. We we kind of just, it's another day. We don't do any extra penances. We don't have anything extra. It's not harder. Holy Week's not more difficult for us. Um, yeah. And it needs to be. It should be. Like, if uh, if you're in religious life, I know that it's a much, very intense week. Like, they do black fasts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, now, the, the Filipinos also have incredible... Uh, parades and feasts and I'm yes. you know but that's again it goes back to you got to go all the way back to those original countries where they share this in common but in America you know one of the things I love uh, I don't mean to go and stir up trouble here but one of the things I love about the traditional Latin mass is that when I go to my go to a mass there uh, I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with people who don't speak English 
but we're all on the same page because we all are Latin mass. We're all, we're all part of the Latin rite, and our holy mass is the the common denominator. Uh, no matter my cultural background or theirs, my language or theirs, I love that. And having processions like this are amazing. I had a great opportunity uh, back in the. I guess it was the summer. I don't even remember. We did a procession downtown Houston, and I was asked because I served the Marine Corps and had a loud voice. Uh, just ask my kids; they'll tell you. Uh, I was asked to lead the rosary, and I got to, you know, I got to boom the voice, and it bounced off the buildings and reverberated. That was so cool. It was one of the coolest experience uh, that I've had. Is processing with all these Catholics, and uh, and being get, and using my my ability to boom my voice to say, you know, the uh, the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for sinners. You know, just really loud. It was so awesome. It felt so good. Yeah, the closest thing to this I've ever seen in America has been with the TFP. Often I'll go to uh, the TFP rallies, and we will often. If they have enough men show up, we will have a procession with Our Lady of Fatima. And so I often will volunteer to carry Our Lady of Fatima on my shoulders. Yes, we need to make make processions great again. Like, I remember when I was in, uh, I think it was Milan, no, Florence. um, And my friend and I were just walking around, and we were really disappointed that it was, like, so consumeristic, like, all the shopping there. And then we heard this, like drum beat and we like tracked down the drum beat and it was the institute of christ the king having a massive procession just like this like all wearing that blue color mm. um so like the stuff like this is so common in europe we really need to bring it back and i know like the institute in america institute of christ the king is does processions like this yes. uh the canons regular saint john Cantus. i've been to their processions they do them like weekly wow but we need to make this more popular yeah. it's amazing i'm gonna link Emily's trip to Italy, if y'all want to see her trip to Italy, <laughs> if y'all want to watch it. Super cool. And we have good news and good news from Kathy. Praise be to God. All right, well, I guess that's uh, enough for Brandon Lee now. You can always uh, have the link in the description box, or rather in the comments. You can click on it and watch it yourself. It's so beautiful and inspiring. We're grateful. But what does Kathy say? Yeah, Lori said she got goosebumps from it. Kathy, she found a priest in a parish, a Latin Mass parish, who's willing to do the right at the Easter Vigil. So she's Whoa. just waiting for approval from her priest, and then she will uh, potentially enter the church this Easter. Praise God, wow. Kathy. Amen. I, if you are listening right now, say a prayer for Kathy that she will be able to join the Catholic Church this Easter. Praise be to God. We will definitely be praying for that. That is like the most important thing ever. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. Praise be to God, Kathy. We're very excited for you. We'll certainly be praying that the good Lord will will to uh, provide the necessary approval from your pastor. Yeah, I can't wait to see you next week and say welcome home. I know. Absolutely. How cool That'd is be that? super cool. Well, Kathy, if it happens, come on the show and share that with us. Yes, absolutely. Please do. Absolutely. Christopher Chan says, make Catholic, hashtag make Catholic uh, processions great again. Amen. You've started something. Amen. Amen. Another hashtag. We're going to have all the hashtags and all the Catholic Primetime hashtags. Maybe we need Gotta to list them on our website. Keep track of these hashtags. Uh, Lori so many. said, what about purgatory? I guess she's referring to the four last things. Uh, purgatory is not considered one of the four last things because it's not eternal. Uh, see, it's not the thing that everyone goes through uh, because every single human being will die. Every single human being will uh, will receive their personal judgment, their individual judgment, particular judgment. And then they will either go to heaven or hell. 
but uh, not every person will go to purgatory. If you go to hell, you don't go to purgatory necessarily. And a, m- a lot of saints, especially the martyrs, go straight to heaven. Don't go. To, don't pass go. Don't collect two hundred dollars. Uh, so the purgatory is not considered one of the four last things. It is still a reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the flames of purgatory, according to Thomas and according to the saints, has are actually the fires from hell. Uh, so that's why there's a slight, slight distinction there between uh, purgatory and the rest of the four last things. Amen. Amen. Uh, Susan said, wonderful news for Kathy. Prayers. Absolutely. This, um, it's so, you know, what's really great about this is the community we have here. The people are praying for one another. And uh, whenever we ask for prayers for ourselves, people are pr- say often they're praying for us. Uh, people ask for our prayers and we're always praying for them. Uh, and so on and so forth with our, our community here. It's, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Church militant for real. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, or, but earlier, Sienna, who called into our game show, said, thank you for starting the game show. I love it. God bless. Oh, Praise be to you, God, Sienna. Sienna. It was good to have you on. That is so awesome. Praise be to God. Alaric Bose on YouTube says, I just recently learned that each day of Holy Week from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday matches with each day of creation. Huh. Very we lo- interesting. We love typology. I, I absolutely love typology. Did you know that? Uh, I've heard that before, yes. I've heard that March 25th is uh, the typical day of creation because uh, that our Lord would have been born on the day uh, nine months after. Because they say that the, what is it, a prophet dies the day that he is born. Or that the prophet dies nine months. I can't remember. I have to go back and read it. I'm, I'm getting... The numbers all confused in my head, but there's a typological reason why apparently March 25th is believed to have been the day of creation. Uh, so very interesting. Yeah, praise be to God. I, of course, love, love, love the parallels between the six days of creation and uh, the six days listed in John's gospel. Uh, so I absolutely love those typological parallels. Praise be to God. Mr. Anderson, Mr. Thomas Anderson, our friend from Florida. God love you. God bless you. It's good to see you. Uh, he's on uh, he, he, a little late today there, Mr. Thomas. Uh, says, uh, Adrian, did you receive my suggestion uh, for a guest? We'll have to, we're gonna, we did get that, Mr. Thomas, and we'll look into that. Praise be to God. We'll see what we can find. Um, Let's see. What else did we, did we miss anything else? Uh, Christopher Chance is using our answer from the game show. Was it yesterday about the knave? The knave. Right? And did you see that comment on Facebook? And he said, Purgatory is the knave of heaven, or the cry room of heaven. <laughs> the cry room of Wait, heaven. that makes sense. It might be better suited, actually, as the cry room of heaven. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else? Uh, praise be to God. We only have a few minutes left in our conversation in the after show today. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody who shares. Uh, there's been a ton of shares on YouTube, on Facebook side. It's the I can't see. I don't know. Are you able to see how many shares on YouTube side, uh, Adrian? I see 31 shares on the Facebook side. That is so cool. Praise be to God. Thank you for that. No, it doesn't show me the shares on YouTube. Uh, Kathy said, though, wow, that is amazing. Thank you for sharing the video. I agree. Latin Mass, Joe, so happy. CDT and Mother Miriam recommended Latin Mass. I love it. Amen. St. Adelaide is the only church on North Shore. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for the prayers. I believe in power of prayer. Oh, Amen. is Kathy. so, Kathy, is St. Adelaide a TLM parish? And uh, wh- where is that exactly? In West Peabody. West Peabody. Peabody. It's, I know. I know. I had the same argument with my wife when I first met her. I grew up in San Antonio. I think, I think the people who live there are wrong. And I met my wife, and she's like, I, I, where are you from? I'm from, from Peabody. I'm like, Peabody? 
And I How looked it up. That? I looked it up on the map. I'm like, no, that's Peabody, and I'm pretty sure that's a person mm-hmm. uh, whose name was Peabody. And they're like, no, it's Peabody. I'm like, did you guys forget how to speak English? I'm just curious. And uh, she's been holding a grudge ever since. <laughs> uh, but uh, Prince Eric Pe- and I didn't Chris. know there was a TLM in Peabody. Are you kidding? That's Saint awesome. Adelaide. Now you know. Next oh. time y'all go, Whew, I'm going to tell my wife. That's awesome. Uh, Ka- Kathy, Mr. Uh, Eric, and Mr. Thomas are praying for you. Or no, Kathy, uh, let's see, Eric and Chris are praying for you. They, uh, Chris said, amen, praying for Kathy and all who are entering the Catholic faith <laughs> in the one true church. Amen. Amen. Christopher Chance said, Mr. Peabody is a talking dog. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's a cartoon. That's it's a, a cartoon. cartoon. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, you're right, Christopher. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, Susan, again, Susan Weber, good morning to you. Thank you for praying for Kathy. We're very grateful to you. Um, we, we, we just really appreciate this community. It's growing, and we're very excited about that, and it's so much fun to interact with everybody here. And to get to know you a little bit, it's, uh, it's just been really, really cool. Chris Velasquez, good morning. He says he's praying for, for Kathy as well. Uh, so we're very excited about that. It's super cool. I remember coming into the church. It was 1999. Uh, Easter Vigil of 1999, when I came into the church. Wow, I came into the church Easter Vigil 1998. <laughs> 1998. That is that is one of the gifts of, of being a convert is being able to remember coming into the church and receiving that great gift. I was uh, an infant, so I have no memory. It's, it's kind of hilarious. You are half my age, and you've been Catholic longer than me. <laughs> <laughs> pretty epic. Being a cradle Catholic is pretty epic. I, I must admit, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, St. Adelaide, only church on North Shore that had Latin Mass, 7 a.m. daily and noon on Sunday. That is so awesome, Kathy. I did not know that uh, there was a TLM there. Praise be to God. That's a Dawson Parish. Yeah, I'm curious now. I have to look it up because I I, I didn't know that. I was pretty sure FSSP was just in Nashua. At any rate, God love you. God bless you. That is going to do it for today's after show as well. Emily is not going to be here tomorrow. She's decided it's better to be in Chicago than in uh, than and then in the CDT uh, studio and God love her for it to hang out with her family for for uh, this incredible Triduum and Easter Sunday. That's pretty special. So safe travels to you, Emily. Thank you. Be with your family. Hopefully everything will go really smooth and well. And I guess we'll see you on Zoom chat on Monday. Yes, that's right. And we'll see see all of you tomorrow back here, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for our last show of the week. Fran Peterson is going to fill in for Emily and read the news for us. But we'll have a game show and prizes and a ton more to conversate. Mountain Boutrec will be our guest. All that coming up, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. God love you. Thank you for joining.